To me, talk to me, talk to me, and day. <laughs> well, that's in the podcast. That's how we've started. <laughs> Welcome to issue number 52 of <laughs> Shane's <laughs> impression of <laughs> Polly Shore. <laughs> no, it's the Infinite Backlog. It's a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm Subby, and with me are my co-hosts, Torchy. <laughs> oh, is that me? No, no Shane's always Shane. second. Shane's always I'm second. I'm always second. It's me. It has to be me. And Juggy. Oh, all right. <laughs> God, Sorry. those Spider-Man issues, man. They were good. Yeah, so uh no, I'm Andy, that's Shane and Rory. Uh though I I if we if if I had confidence that we'd be able to remember calling each other Subby, Torchy, and Juggy all day, I would maybe be on board for it. But I don't think we can. So today, I don't know we that we read... can call you Subby all day without it, getting, without it becoming a really blue podcast. <laughs> oh, becoming a really blue podcast. That's yeah. right. All words are just longer versions of the word come. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's true. You can trace it back to PIE and it's all it's all it's all from the first human word come. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm dead. <laughs> Today we read some comics that featured, and I have no joke here, literally everybody, but also Daredevil, Spider-Man, and the X-Men. And they take us from April through July of 1982. And during this time, of course, as always, we have some Andy's bummers. So... The 1982 invasion of the Falkland Islands begins when Argentine forces land near Stanley, beginning the Falklands War. That is a huge bummer. I was just thinking, what if we called these this Andy's Bummer Cruise? And then it could also be the ABC, Andy's ABCs. Andy's, oh, Andy's Bummer Cruise. yes, I like this. Andy's Bummer Cruise. Well, I've taken you all the way down to off the coast of, of South America to the Falkland Islands where England. That's a, yeah, it's a very weird one. Yeah, it's it's an odd one. I, I I mean, it's imperialism in the '80s, which is interesting. Like, well, there, so there, it's a weird thing because it's obviously in Argentine space, or uh, and, right, and but and, all of the locals are pro England. Well, they're all they're all white. It wasn't to have right. If it was, maybe they. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, dismiss the possibility the English just killed everybody who was there beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's like a little tiny New Zealand. Yeah, I I don't pretend to know the history of English this. sheep farmers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's a it's a weird situation, but apparently for a while Argentina had o- occupied the Falklands and then England takes them takes them back and they still have them. Uh the United Kingdom still has the Falklands as a territory down there. So isn't it fun how major countries just have islands elsewhere just for fun, just to have them? Do you guys not have islands just elsewhere? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you not have islands elsewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I 
like that. Like, how do you fit so many people in England? Oh, do you not have islands elsewhere? <laughs> oh, oh do, do you not have little, do you have little prison places in other parts of the world? <laughs> oh, you have to diversify into islands, my dear. Here, I've got a final bummer. I got a final bummer. This one's an easy one. Uh, the Weather Channel starts airing on cable television. It's the first twenty-four hour all weather TV channel. <laughs> Is that necessary? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they were just uh, cable was just filling time in an empty void <laughs> at, at, for a period. Um, when I was a little kid, I was on some sort of weird cable show. I've my mom has a recording of it. Ooh. I don't know what show it was. There was I don't know. It was sort of PBSy, sort of, sort of. Um, Shit, what do they do? Uh, public access. It didn't yeah, feel. Yeah. It didn't feel like I was cast in anything. I I just walked in because I, but their her my my preschool friend was gonna do it. Like nothing. It was nothing professional about this thing. Uh, I only vaguely remember it, but uh, certainly what we created was not uh, Breaking Bad for babies. <laughs> <laughs> breaking Breaking Bad. Babies, break, breaking bad, the breaking babies. bad babies, <laughs> breaking bad babies. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. oh no! Oh Christ! Hey, all right, we got some comics to talk about today. Uh, before we do, I have an extremely brief conversation that we should have. I want to, I want to point out something that maybe you've noticed given the time it takes to read our slate right now. Uh, the page counts got longer, and I didn't realize. Is this so, across the board? Yeah, pretty much. So I, I I looked it up a little bit. Apparently near the end of 1980 or early 81, uh, due to the price ha- price hikes we've been talking about in my best segment ever, and also their, uh, their like- What new segment ger- is that? Price check! Uh, ah. And then their, their new direct market that we were talking about a week or two ago with how they can, you know, how you can just like have them mailed to you, right? Like sell them direct. It's like a whole new segment of their uh-huh. audience. Uh, I think because of that, they're like, fuck it. Let's make our comics Five more longer. pages. Five more I pages. I noticed uh, some were, but I didn't count all of them. Uh, because a couple like uh, like Spider-Man and uh, Marvel Champions uh, were mm-hmm. so chock full of skippable content. I mean, I didn't skip it, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just, there's oh, a I lot of chaff. It. There's a lot of chaff. <laughs> yes, there is. I'm not going to pretend that I didn't skip it. I skipped it. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> I'd be I'd be willing to dry run. Uh, you know, a six this, issue. This, so this would be a, technically a six issue week. Yeah, we did do a six uh, issue week this week. It um, felt good. It I agree. felt manageable. Um, and I think I think it depends on what we're reading to a certain yeah, degree. But I, I, with, I like with four different titles. Six feels good. Um, yes, I'm willing to flex around six or seven. It gives us room if there's. The, I think maybe if we shoot for six, then we mm-hmm. can't, we we won't be. Uh, destroyed when there's a double issue coming out I of nowhere. Agree. Speaking of double issues, we Speaking started with Daredevil. Issues, how dare you? <laughs> Daredevil 181 was a double issue. I didn't realize that. And then it's like 40 pages. And I was like, holy shit. But dare I say, this is the most exciting issue of comics we've re- read on the podcast. Yeah. It's uh, great. It's, uh, it is my new gold standard for what all comics should be. And it's not going to get hit at all. Uh, but this is this is you know this is an A plus. This is a fucking incredible issue of a comic. I am, I'm astounded by this. Please, 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 please. The floor is open. Let's talk about Bullseye. Yeah. So this whole issue is narrated by Bullseye instead of Matt Murdock. Although, do we cut into Matt's head once or twice? We maybe we do, but it's for a minor moment, if at all. Yeah. Yeah. Really brief. It's cool. It's cool to have it from the perspective of the 
psychopath villain. Yeah, although he's pretty he's pretty kind of toned down. Not I mean, he's not toned down. He's still bullseye. But like his inner monologue is not the ravings of a lunatic the way one might have expected. He's pretty, sure. pretty calm, demure, he has, maybe. He has a a terrifying obsession and uh, and, a, and a delight in in Daredevil's pain. And it comes across really, really well and effectively on the page. Uh, I guess over the over the course of this, he breaks out of jail in a very exciting sequence I wanted to see animated or on screen so bad. Uh, and he 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 kind of he you looks have around. Kind of seen it. I mean, ultimately, Bullseye is kind of Riddick. The sort of can kill you with anything. Uh, mm, and mm. we've seen we've seen Riddick break out of Sun Jail. Remember the Sun Prison. <laughs> In Chronicles yeah. of Riddick? Well, that's a straight movie, Shane. Chronicles of Riddick is with Vin Diesel. Uh, you think a movie? You think I don't know a movie? You think I don't know a movie that has Vin Diesel in it? His name is Diesel. Yeah, that's so good. No, I, I, I don't have a good memory of the Chronicles of Riddick movie, but you are not wrong. This is a very it's it's a similar I fucking, vibe. I, it, Chronicles of Riddick, love it or hate it. Uh, I was a huge, uh, huge Riddick fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Pitch Black is such a great horror action sci-fi horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chronicles of Riddick, if you're in there, if you're just there for a good time, provides. It's the aliens to to the alien. Totally. Yeah, it's it's great. I know we get we get Bullseye. I'm not going to spoil anything because Shane at some point will be watching the Netflix Daredevil. Uh, I'm I'm going to make sure of it, but. We do get bullseye content in that show. It doesn't hit quite as intense to me as as these issues read. No, they kept him as kind of a side character. Yeah. Um, I really love the focus on him at this point. Uh he's so good. Oh, he's so, so good. He's so terrifying. Yeah. The the deal, if you if you've forgotten from last week, uh Electra has been hired by Kingpin to kill Foggy um as sort of a retribution against Daredevil and his best friend Nelson and Murdoch. Uh, for the shit that he pulled with Vanessa, blah, 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 blah. The dominoes fall and Electra's going after Foggy and uh, and Bullseye's pissed off because Kingpin isn't wasn't going to spring him out of jail because Kingpin has a shiny new assassin and he doesn't need Bullseye anymore. So Bullseye's after Electra and I love Which, it. <laughs> I wish that they could, I wish Miller went a little harder onto this because I, I, I believe his bruised ego with Daredevil with Electra, mm. it felt a little forced, and I thought that if he was, is some genuine fear that he was no longer under the protection of of uh, of Kingpin, mm. or if that he needed the money for some like you know some operation for his tumors, like there was, right. I think there was room for having to, to have him go after Electra without sort of recycling the exact same petty bullshit he has with Daredevil. But with Daredevil, it's not quite as petty because they have a shared history, but it is ultimately just a bruised ego, and it's. It's really interesting because he's most pissed about that encounter with the subway where he's like where Daredevil literally like stopped him from dying, where he like saved his life at the very end. He's like, how fucking dare you save me, you piece of shit. (laughs) And he's so mad that Daredevil saved his life at the end of this issue. Daredevil's about to do it again. And he's like, no, not again. Fucking no. (laughs) It's really, it's a really interesting vibe. I think, I think that could be read two ways too, because I don't know that Daredevil has has gone on to say basically explicitly, you know, Daredevil or Bullseye's future crimes are all on him at this point. 
Yep. And and he does want to kill Bullseye. And we, we oh yeah, we, he wants to. He's grappling with that whether he will or won't. Uh, but I don't think that Bullseye definitively like gets off. I think you could read it like maybe Murdoch's not putting his putting all his strength into into saving this guy this time. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think there's He's an element of luck. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder. I wonder whether or not because he drops him. He drops him uh, quite a ways, and I wonder whether or not Daredevil's like. I don't know. Let's let luck take this one. If I kill him, I kill him. If he survives, he survives. Especially <laughs> like, right after he spoiler. Uh, yeah, ice is Electra. Maybe. I mean, I- I'm always confused when a uh, when a title character dies because you know that's not going to stand, but it could stand for all of Frank Miller's run. That I don't know. Yeah, I I truly don't know how long Electra's going to stay dead. I obviously she comes back. Let's be real. She's she is she's a, a title character. character. Yeah, she so, comes like, back later. It's n- fine. Not a uh, there's I don't know if there's any title characters who have remained dead for the entire death. In perpetuity, mm-hmm. uh, somebody comes back, or there'll be a force ghost, or whatever. <laughs> right? Like, it's pretty hard to kill off these characters, these superhero characters, and she's one of them. And she is yeah. not dead forever. But I, I do not know the degree to which she's dead right now. She could be pretty dead. Well, I mean, it's that kind of there. There was that saying for a while. I, I'm, my, I'm led to understand in comic books about like. Nobody stays dead except who is it? Uncle Ben, Bucky, and uh, fuck. There was somebody else too. Shit, Isn't I don't remember. Bucky alive right now? Oh, that's the thing. Is that like yeah. the list has all basically ended up in like they've all come back at some point. Like yeah, it's oh, not origin true. deaths. Like people uh-huh. who died when you were totally. a baby. Um, and Captain Marvel's now in the list, and I I do think I looked it up. He has come back recently in the comic books, and I'm like, son of a bitch. But at least he stayed dead for quite a while. They they let that one sit for a long time. I was most excited in the middle of this long issue when Bullseye just like through a combination of sneaking around and like frightening logic and obsession does figure out Daredevil's secret identity in like a really intense way. Yes, it's it's like undone Im- pretty immediately afterwards, like a few tar- a few pages later, like he's confused again and is like wait a minute maybe not but the moment when he like really realizes it and then throws something at murdoch and he deflects it and he's like oh yeah well and murdoch i mean he's so so matt tricks him with a body double or dummy in a chair um and and while it it doesn't come up in the (laughs) issue they do have uh miller does you like the the dummy is still talking during their fight yeah so it, he could have he could realize this was just a way to get the drop on him, and he definitely is the right person. It's, yeah, it's possible. We'll see. Um, because right it, now, Daredevil's secret identity is once again protected by the fact that Bullseye is uh, trapped in a prison of his own body. Yeah, his fucking spine's shattered at the end. Uh, I wonder how long it's going to be since, until we see Bullseye again, because you don't just walk away from that like not immediately. Well, probably not ever, but it's comic books, right? I mean, we Wolverine has metal in his, and he's fine, well, but I guess he Wolverine, has a healing factor. He's got the healing <laughs> factor. <laughs> I like that everybody else has, like, their powers name with their, whether it's telekinesis or pyrokinesis, or it's just a, the name for a power. 
Yeah. And then healing factor just makes yeah. tries to make it sound so much more official than it really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, yeah, it's an incredible issue. I I mean, we haven't even really talked about the the visuals, I guess. Again, it's hard to talk about, you know, it's the, it's the downfall of a it's, it's podcast Frank about Miller, comic it's books. Beautiful. It's well yeah. executed. Yeah. I would say I would say his like his line work is really good and his like actual art down on the page is really good. But I also I don't remember the guy's name, but the the person who's doing the the like coloring and finishing is also, I don't know, on top of their game this week, like the use of color and and like some of the page blankness, like the blank white of the page. A lot, lot of white in this one. It's yeah. some, some really fucking neat decisions. The made. gutters, as they call it in the biz. <laughs> yeah. Girl, you got nice gutters. You got them nice gutters. <laughs> Let me fill up those gutters, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, shit. Anyway, water's wet. Daredevil's still fucking good. Let's talk about Spider-Man. I threw these in our list after doing some uh, internet searching for, you know, other opinions outside of the, the main, like, guy or two guys who put together the list that I base ours off of. Um, various other people on the internet uh through their, you know, listicles and articles pointed me this, towards Spider-Man so, 2, 229 and 230. This one is neat. I like the I like the story, the plot. I I also really like Madam Web. Uh mm-hmm. it's chalk. Uh, every panel is full to the brim with worthless dialogue. I know. Uh, yeah. I know. Shane, you, <laughs> is this is this the one you said you skipped a lot of, or is it Contest of I, Champions, or is it both? <laughs> I mean, it would listen. Hang on, we'll we'll get to Contest of Champions. Don't you even worry about that, Andrew. Um, but it, it, no, so this one this one is definitely full of a lot of dialogue where it's like, okay, nothing is actually ha- like Spider Man is just literally just chasing what's happening. Yeah, he's just or, chasing Juggernaut. Like, both. I get that he's chasing Juggernaut. I get it. The best dialogue in the whole comic is there's this one panel where the Juggernaut, like, punches a wall and the building starts to collapse on top of Spider-Man. And all Spider-Man says is, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this, the, they could almost have been sort of silent movies and would have been really mm. cool because because Spider-Man has no reason to quip, really. He's in, in a serious fight, and the person he is supposedly quipping to couldn't give a flying fuck what he's saying. No. Right? And, and Juggernaut's generally kind of silent. He's a bit talkative in this in these issues as well. Right. Um, but as a if you if you were to remove the dialogue, not straight up remove it, you'd you'd repanel it a little bit to make, you know, a little more or you know uh, make the story make a little more sense. Tell yeah. a little bit more visually. But but as as a nearly silent issue where um, it could have been pretty cool um, mm-hmm. with all of the constant just jibber jabber, it took <laughs> it, it, it really took the wind out of the sails of these issues. Um, I know. Madam Webb is cool. She's a mutant psychic who is paraplegic and sort of bound by this cybernetic apartment she's built for herself. Yeah, I looked it up. Apparently she has uh uh hold please. It's called myasthenia gravis. Uh it's basically like a skeletal disorder and it leaves her like immobile and uh, a lot of her muscles sort of don't function correctly. Like it's a real life thing, but yeah, she basically can't leave her chair and she's stuck in a in a future a future pod in a a, a random like midtown apartment and <laughs> she's so fucking funny so she could see the future and 
she so she always knows where Spider-Man is and she keeps trying to give him warnings. So just random phones near Spider-Man keep ringing and she's <laughs> always the one calling. And it's like <laughs> like Juggernaut throws him through a wall into a department store and then someone's like, um, the phone, it's for you. It's, it's like the Matrix, again. right? Where remember yeah. where all the yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just cool. like the Matrix. I love that vibe. You know, because her whole deal is that she has foreseen her own death. Like, that's how this first issue starts. She foresees her death to some spooky monster that is fighting Spider-Man. And so she's like, um, we need to stop this. Hey, Peter, uh, <laughs> please. And in the end, they cannot stop it, uh, which I guess is par for the course for Juggernaut. He's the man he, you can't stop him. He's the man you can't stop. And he ends up murdering her, it seems, at the end of this issue. This first one. I thought they said she's taken that she was stable at the very end. Right, 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 right. She doesn't die. She doesn't die, but she gets really hurt and she loses yeah. a lot of her memory. She goes well. She goes brain dead for like four or five minutes. Yeah, Not brain dead, yeah, yeah. but she she does technically die. But they re, they resuscitate her. As yeah. does the juggernaut. Yeah. Fucking. Ah, uh, I was I was actually really worried for a second. Um. Because the way that he gets stopped, right, is it's like there's wet concrete. And I'm like, well, he just burst through a bunch of buildings. How is like his foot being in some wet concrete stopping him? Until I realized that he was sinking and it was pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was unexpected. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He's sinking into very deep wet concrete. Oh, God. He's now in the foundation of this building. Well, and, and yeah. we and they and uh, whoever wrote this one, I don't have it in front of me. I don't uh, either actually did a really cool thing sort of establishing his uh gravitational relationship to the planet earth where he jumps to the bottom of the sea and walks to manhattan yeah yeah mm -hmm. foreshadowing yeah that's so cool yeah. uh it, it's written by roger stern oh good uh, job that, robert the name yeah good oh, job roger me too same <laughs> and and actually, I, I I think I earlier complained like a like a few weeks ago about John Romita Jr.'s Spider Man art, but he has gotten better. The art in this is pretty solid. But did you say? I'm sorry, it took me a second. Did you say Roger Stone? Roger Stern. Stern. I was thinking that's the Nixon guy. I think. Yeah. Roger yeah, the Nixon guy wrote this. <laughs> they're all the Nixon guy. <laughs> no, it's the Reagan guys right now, Shane. They're all Reagan guys. They're the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you don't know about wait, Shane, Shane. Roger Stone is a like a political dude who literally has a full back tattoo of Richard Nixon. He has a back tattoo of Richard Nixon? <laughs> a full back tattoo. Like a like a fucking biker gang, but for <laughs> Richard Nixon. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> oh no. Do you think he ever met him and showed it to him? And Richard was like, cool, bro. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they he they would have crossed paths, I assume, but I don't think so. I think this is an af uh, sort of I know, posthumous, yeah. uh, some sort of posthumous uh, ode to to his daddy. Fuck, that's wild. That's awful. Wait, if you guys didn't know about this, you have to just Google it right now. Uh, okay. <gasps> oh my god, it's just his face. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, it is a lot smaller than I remember. I, I could have sworn it took up most of his most of his back. Everything it, looks bigger when you're younger. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bigger when it's Nixon, baby. <laughs> Nixon, baby. <laughs> so, okay, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna clarify something. It is these two Spider-Man issues in which Spider-Man keeps calling people things like he he thinks maybe the Submariner is the problem, and he calls him Subby. And then when he meets Juggernaut, he calls him Juggy. I think Peter really needs to sort of come up with a new joke, but it was 
it was pretty alarming how often people were making these nicknames that are all the same nickname. Um, so that's where I got the thing at the beginning of this uh, episode. The, there was another little line of dialogue that's really good where he like, there's like a truck driver who's like, don't touch my truck. He's wearing a Jets hat. That's very important. Mm. Uh, that's not important, but so he's, he's like, he's like sitting there and he's like, don't touch my truck. And so Spider-Man takes his tire iron and like pretzels it. And so the guy runs away and the next panel is Spider-Man going, hey, you can't just leave your gasoline truck here. And then he goes, gasoline truck? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And then he fucking runs the gasoline truck into Juggernaut and explodes like a whole city block. (laughs) Spider-Man, this is not okay. Yeah. This is, God damn it. Anyway, he, he, he gets Juggernaut into the concrete and... Presumably, he'll be down there for a while, and uh, Madam Webb doesn't remember anything and probably doesn't remember that he's Peter Parker, and he's conflicted about it because he doesn't like that she got hurt so bad, but he's like, well, it is nice someone doesn't know my secret identity anymore, so, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a cool couple issues. I, I don't know. I, I'm, as much as I don't enjoy the, like, nonsense, when it's at the very least entertaining and has some cool stakes... Uh, just a just a self-contained fight against a cool villain is always well. That's the thing. Down. So so there's fight nonsense, and then there's kind of juggernaut fight nonsense. And I don't know that mm. it necessarily needs to always be classified in its own space. That's uh, special, but like seeing people just have to get really creative with taking him down is generally interesting and generally visually dynamic and. Uh, you know, it's a combination of what are, what's your power set? What's your timetable? Like, <laughs> yeah. taking out the juggernaut is a puzzle in and of itself. And because it is a puzzle, it's you can't just beat him up. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to you have to do something interesting at the end of it. Yeah. And so I, I'm usually there for it. And, and like I said, the actual nonsense, uh, and that's our sort of Saturday morning Tuesdays term for <laughs> fight scenes that uh, don't advance the plot or... Uh, do much else besides be fun. They're there to make explosions for the six-year-olds to go, yeah! <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty here for Juggernaut nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was really the dialogue that really kicked these down from a, from a high B to a low C. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got two more Speaking issues of, to discuss. Speaking of, hang on. Wait, mm. I, got a good, I got a good one for that. Get it. You know, you know what is below... A C, Rory? A D. Uh, D, right. A D. And do you know it starts with D? <laughs> I, I'm Dracula, not... baby! <laughs> Dracula! Shane got us there. He took it. He did. I was trying to figure out how to, like, get pitch pitch the ball back to tee you up. Like, I know what D... I know D is Dracula, but I tried to give Shane the moment, and I couldn't think of what to say, so... Whatever. It works. We got there. Uh, I want to... I want to take... Uh, just two seconds to complain about our uh, our list that was going to have us come back and issue after this for X-Men, which is nonsense, or maybe a couple issues after this. Well, to be fair, how this are you is not going to have Dracula a, X-Men? This is, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is not the A plot of X-Men, but it was great. And not only because Dracula is our ride or die. Uh, <laughs> we all want if... that dressy. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was a good issue. This was a fun issue. It was. It was very cool. <sighs> and apparently this this plot line comes back of which, of course, it you know, the end of this issue leaves that door open for, uh, you know, because I'll say it. Aurora becomes essentially Dracula's thrall uh, thrall during this during this issue. And that's a relationship that kind of rekindles every now and again when Dracula decides to come back and say, hey, girl. <laughs> and now I, I think I, I think I mentioned it, but I, I want to say is Dracula canonically uh, canonically in the in the Marvel Universe? Did they make him a mutant or is he a, or a vampire's magic? I think vampires are magic. Because I don't, I don't think he shows up in a lot of things. He kind of has a special mm-hmm. place in X-Men. Or more special. <laughs> I like our yeah. conversations about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he's a mutant. I, I mean, vampirism is its own thing that Blade, you know, Blade and various other people That's true. go off to deal with. Um, and Kurt mentions it in a funny line. Oh my god, yeah. They're like they're like not believing Kitty. Kitty's like, Dracula fucking showed up and took Aurora, and Wolverine's like I don't know about that. And Kurt's like, no, 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 no. I'm from Europe. Vampires are real. And I, I just love the idea that they're this like European problem that yeah. didn't, didn't cross the Atlantic. <laughs> no, they're like they're like fucking rats over there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some there's some cool shit in this issue. Uh, some pretty important lore we learn. Uh, I don't know if this is new. I don't know if this like exists in other vampire lore or whatever. But the cross to to repel them, Kitty. Kit, this is Kitty's first idea. She she's the only one who's like, I've read a lot of vampire teen novels, and I know that this this is a vampire. This is cool. So th- this I have seen. I have seen this in a few other vampire things. She loves Twilight. The idea. So so there's they they invoke it a couple times. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Um, so Kitty's read a lot of vampire stuff, and 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 I like that because she's going off of tropes that are true-ish. Yeah. Um, but uh, she did see that Aurora uh, reacted to her Star of David because uh, if it hasn't come up on our podcast, Kitty Pride is Jewish, mm-hmm. and and it's not just the symbol of a, of any faith; it's it's the symbol of a believer, and I think that is so. Um, so I've seen that in other vampire media where people okay. wear a Jewish star or something. Um, yeah, because it took me it took me by surprise because Kitty's first response when Dracula's all up in Storm's bedroom is to come out with a fucking well. With a cross. What are you gonna do? Throw up some sort of gang sign in the shape of a in the shape of a star? Like a cross is very doable. Where yeah. the Star of David is a lot less accessible. <laughs> yeah, uh, but <laughs> but I th- but I think that Kitty's misconception is that is that vampires don't like Christian crosses. Right. And so she throws it up and he's like, that doesn't fucking do anything because you don't believe in Jesus. And she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, also, also, he outs, he outs Wolverine as an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so cool. Wolverine and, uh, does the cross too. And he's like, what did I just say, you dumb idiot? And slaps him. No, but I I love how easy I love how easy it is to get that cross technicality, though, because he doesn't just have a cross. He makes one with his two fist blades. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I got one right here. (laughs) (laughs) And then and then Nightcrawler's like, oh, but I believe in Jesus. And uh, here's these two twigs. (laughs) And I don't know if this is the first time we find out about about Nightcrawler's Christianity, because I love this about this character. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, not only sort of persecuted for being blue in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. Where they just have no hey, no no time you can't for be any other blue in Europe. They you know it's a 
It's a monochromatic uh, <laughs> uh, continent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that his faith is sort of unshaken and it gives him foundation. Like I, I, I generally sort of bulk at pro Christian stuff. But since since uh, X Men is so generally progressive and anti anti that whole sentiment, the fact that there is a devoutly Christian character in it is generally quite interesting. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, there's not too much to say about the moment to moment. There's some cool art of uh, spooky vampire thrall Aurora. Uh, she's pretty scary. Uh, the idea of a very powerful mutant being under the thrall of Dracula is something that, you know, I hadn't really considered and is probably a really good strategy for Dracula in a world full of superhumans. Uh, but it doesn't work out because Kitty appeals to her, you know, love and manages to get her to snap out of it. And she resists and Dracula respects the shit out of that. He's like, damn, damn storm. You definitely could be my queen, but you know yeah, what? Yeah, he's like, he's like, anybody can be a thrall, but like, I'm not taking a, you can't take a queen by force. Yeah. And so he, he leaves, but he claims that she is uh, forever tainted. So, uh, well, you know, spoiler alert, maybe we'll check in next time he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Spo- spoiler alert, Aurora tainted. I like that she just goes around collecting queenships too. Yeah. <laughs> Hell Yeah. All right. Get it, Queen. <laughs> uh I let's let's spend two minutes doing a token conversation about Marvel's Contest of Champions issue one of three. Okay, so I will say I am hesitantly interested in what comes next. <laughs> that, that being said, the first one is 20 pages of setup. And it's not really <laughs> set up. We just kind of reintroduce every character before. The before in the last couple pages, we learned the sort of goal is this some sort of duel between gods where they can't interact directly, and so they have to pick their champions. It's we've seen this like 12 I, times already. The same I, fucking plot, okay? But listen, <laughs> <laughs> it made me so angry because first off, it's nothing, yep. right? It's it's 20 pages of them swooping superheroes into their little intergalactic space station where they're like, ooh, you're all frozen and you have to fight each other. And everyone's like, yeah, we get it. They very specifically, very specifically, the dude is like, we didn't bring any of the aliens or anyone who isn't human and there's no Atlanteans and there's no inhumans. These are all people because they're not actually Earth people. None of those people showed up. On the fucking cover, the cover is covered with all of those people. Yeah, it's a really weird thing when we see the all of the Inhumans transported. It's like, okay, what, what yeah. was the point of this dialogue? I want to, I want to, so it's the Grandmaster and are you guys getting the vibe that it's Mistress Death? Is that no? Is that the vibe I thought it was two dudes. I wasn't sure. I thought it was a woman who's the other one. It's it, their their identity is kept. There's a, a nebulous person, yeah. Then then there's mm. the brother of the collector. Yeah, I thought so their this name is, was the unknown. Yeah, they they call they call them the unknown. That's for sure. That might be the name. They're both they're uh, they these are eternals, not eternals. Sorry, that's a different thing. <laughs> the eternals are there too. These are immortals. Uh, kind of like elder gods of the universe. So uh, the collector was one, but if you remember back when we were doing the Korvac saga, Korvac murdered him randomly, and so this is the Grandmaster, who is a character in Marvel, who was played by Jeff Goldblum. If you remember uh, it, Thor Ragnarok, but yep. uh, he wants to bring his brother back to life. They brought all the heroes. I'm gonna really quickly. This is what's gonna happen right now. I'm gonna say 
all the names of people that gets that get fucking well, time. Can I what can I preface this first? Yeah, hit before? it, hit it. I liked the teams they drew up. There's not like A-listers versus the wackies. Uh, mm. There's there's really beloved characters on both sides, so it makes it so. That's the tension for me immediately is that there's interesting characters to follow, and there's not really one cast apparently as the protagonist team. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally interesting. Because uh, I'm I'm I didn't pay attention too hard to who was the who was in the final teams because they're not even all fighting. It's like they summon them all and then they each. No, they're not gonna 12. fight. They're gonna they're gonna hunt for these four like missing bricks somewhere <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like they picked twelve out of like hundreds of people, and it's like we each got our twelve or whatever. So I guess the rest of you are gonna watch. Yeah, they force the rest of them to watch like fucking freakos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I was so here's here's what I was gonna say. The first, this will be the last thing that we say about this before we move on and maybe decide off off <laughs> off podcast w- whether or not we continue the, with the other two issues. But uh, th- every one of these groups or individuals gets at least a panel, if not a full page of here's what they were doing. Oh no, they're zapped away. Oh, the villains <laughs> they were fighting are confused. This is the first twelve to something pages. The Avengers, the Soviet super soldiers, the Fantastic Four, Alpha Flight, the X-Men, Power Man, Iron Fist, Spider-Man, Dazzler, Daredevil, Moon Knight, Shana, Shana, Kazar, Doctor Strange, Devil Slayer, Spider-Woman, Machine Man, Quasar, Hulk, Samson, All the Eternals, Son of Satan, Thor, Red Wolf, Sunfire, Captain Britain, the Inhumans and their dog, Peregrine, Talisman, Defensor, Shamrock, Sabra, Collective Man, Arabian Knight, and Blitzkrieg. And that is the most upsetting piece of content that I've ever. I'm, I was I was so I sure it was going to be say, over every page. I was like, "Are we done?" I will say the 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 final teams cast some real ding dongs over Weapon Alpha. <laughs> Who didn't get picked. Also, I don't remember. I looked like Doctor Strange didn't wind up on a team, which I don't think he did. Yeah, that which, seems like a poor call. I, yeah, I think I think is fun from a from again from a tension point of view, but a real when it comes to when it comes to uh, the NBA draft of uh, of superheroes, somebody somebody dropped the ball. This is letting MJ slide. <laughs> anyway, all right, Shane, the reins are yours. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to this week's fuck Mary kill. <laughs> Where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. Are you ready? Yes. Are you slap me? <laughs> slap me. Are you boys so ready? <clears throat> All right. First off, first off, we didn't really talk about um this character, and they're not actually a part of it, but I just wanted to give like a um a shout out really quick that yeah. I don't I don't remember if we mentioned that Betty Brandt showed up. She oh did. yeah, she did it, and I liked that part a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this was just, you know, this is just kind of like a like a little. Uh, sorry, Betty Brant leads. Sorry, Betty Brant leads because she's married still. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't count. So your first choice is Juggernaut, but he's stuck in goopy cement. Oh, like maybe half his body. Half of his body. Yeah, just okay, a little bit it. less yeah. than half. Just a little bit less than a half. little bit less. <laughs> a little bit, just a tiny bit, a tiny <laughs> bit less than half. <laughs> Why such twelve-year-olds? Fucking a. <laughs> uh, secondly, we definitely have to have the vampire version of Storm. Yeah. However, she has a Nixon face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Take the good with okay. the bad. 
Yep. Um, and last but not least, I'm going to go ahead and just just kind of lob this one out into the playing field. Madam Webb's weird house. <laughs> oh, her house, huh? Yeah, her house. Oh, okay. 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 I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Tell me. Teach me. Teach me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I can chalk up Storm's Nixon tattoo to uh, thrall behavior, oh, and, and okay. not be too and not be too off put by it. You know, a notorious right wing pundit Dracula probably yeah. talked her into it. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, and I think I've done it before. I think you you fuck Storm. I mean, she's clearly marriage material, but I just want to go ham. <laughs> <laughs> And I, she's I prefer, clearly I, marriage material, but I can't fuck what I marry. <laughs> well, you're, you're hold on to your shorts, there, buddy. <laughs> oh, this guy's about to fucking marry Juggernaut. I'm about, about to marry. I'm about to marry a Juggernaut. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm about to marry a Juggernaut who uh, is stuck in cement, and, and just uh, you know, yeah, yeah, drive by whenever I'm feeling like it oh, and see shit. what's up. I'll keep oh, him crazy. I'll, I'll, build, <gasps> I'll build my house around the, the cement foundation. <gasps> oh my god. I'll <laughs> feed him. Got a husband I'll room. I'll the feed him when he's built, hungry. Look, I'm not the one who trapped him in cement. I'm just making the best of uh of an unfortunate situation. Okay. Uh yeah, and I just figure I figure he'll come he'll come around in time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean he's got all the time. He's stuck in cement. <laughs> He's just stuck in cement, and I'm the only one who cares for him. <laughs> oh, it's a, is it a misery situation? Oh, God. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Kathy Bates, baby. I'll be your Kathy Bates, baby. Um, and then you kill, I, the I kill the house. I kill the house. I'm intrigued by it. I, I, like, the, I like the inclusion in the game, uh, but I saw nothing about this thing that is uh, particularly sexual or uh, something that I would want in my life. Uh, it you seems didn't... mostly geared. It seems mostly geared to keeping an old woman alive. It seems like the task that, that it doesn't seem given. sexual to you. All of the motorized moving parts. Oh, well, it so seem they were bit... geared up to. T- <laughs> I don't think that they were. I don't think that they were uh, pleasure. There, there were pleasure devices installed. I didn't get that impression. <laughs> Listen, from... you can install your own pleasure devices with some duct tape. Like I don't. <laughs> I see, I see. So Shane, okay, so Shane's Shane's envisioning some sort of strange pleasure palace, some strange Madam Web palace of... The Madam Web sex hut. (laughs) (laughs) I do think it wouldn't take too long to to rewire it so that with uh, with the, you know, with uh, just a little bit of thought from the control chair, uh, uh, quite a number of automated dildos, you know, sort of... (laughs) Descend, descend <laughs> upon you. I think that's oh. a reasonable interpretation of what this house is capable of. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I, the uh, the sort of fuck the danger fuck room uh, still seems a little spooky to me compared compared to uh, yeah, no, a I more, fuck, I a fuck, more uh, docile uh, juggernaut. I fucked the room. Final answer. Um... Well, I'll, I'll I'll go have a good time with the room, but I don't want to be the person who owns that room because that's that's sus. I guess sure, the difference it's the difference yeah. between like you don't going... want to expl- explain it. Yeah, Although you don't have to explain it. it. Like, why do you own this? Explaining or like... your house juggernaut is also tricky. 
yeah. So so one night, one night with the house, uh, and then I will go ahead and marry. I will go ahead and marry Vampire Storm because okay. as long as I can, you know, reliably the keep right her. Call. Well, I can keep her away from Dracula, and she probably won't turn again. And you know, that's true. then you it's protected from Dracula. Then it's just Storm, and that's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, and then I killed Juggernaut because um, I guess Mercy because he's stuck in c- cement. That sucks, man. Um, Shane. I th- listen. I think. <laughs> I love it when you say that. <laughs> Me too. When you preface. <laughs> <laughs> I. It never I become, think... comes before something nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to kill Storm. Oh, you monster! I think I think I got uh, yeah. I, well, you could tell he already hard. thought about rewiring this fuck house. I did. <laughs> I, I did. I did think about it's my own. It's my own smart house. Um, the Disney Channel original movie. Alexa, yeah. Daddy's bored. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, activate the bad dragon. Um, <laughs> all right you kill storm is right, it a marry I, or a I, fuck listen, for the house listen i have to kill storm i it wouldn't be mean or gruesome like it normally is it would just happen i marry i'm afraid to marry the juggernaut because like it's the, a good the thing is Me he too. he can't be stopped mm-hmm. and sometimes i just want to stop Right, you like think he'd be needy? But in the in, in this premise, he is capable. He's he's in a more stoppable position. But that's I true. Think you, I think you make the right call. From a, a you know, for, for morally speaking, I I made a dubious choice. <laughs> but I I, I, I I do think he's got a monster dong, and I want to find out. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I mean that's obvious. That's obvious, right? <laughs> But it it could never work between us because I'm not a bottom. Fair. And he fair. can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. Um, oh, we did say that there's a little bit more than half sticking out of this cement. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but hang on. But then I think I'm it's stuck dealer's in the choice. But <laughs> I'm stuck in the cement too, and that won't work. Oh. I don't know. You could get a little boogie board or something. <laughs> Jesus <little> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I sex, I sex, I sex the J knot. Um, Ew. and I marry, and I marry the house. And <laughs> I, I don't know if I equip it with sexual prostheticies, prostheticies, mm. prostheticies, sexual, se- sexual prostheticities. And, um, I just keep it as like a life support house just so I can be old and lazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, you really you really baited that hook for us, and then you took the sort of responsible adult. <laughs> you don't talk like we used to, Shane. Shut up, house. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, thank you so much for listening. This has been issue fifty-two of the Infinite Backlog, and as always, I've been Subby. This is Torchy and Juggy, your best friends. You know them. It's it's Torchy and Juggy. Say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.